Glad to have you here. Let me give you some announcements. First of all, our Lenten offering is due back today, and we will take that up after children's time, and we'll have you bring them up here to the baskets, and I'm going to say an extra prayer over them. I think the children are to bring theirs as they come to children's time. Today, of course, is Palm slash Passion Sunday. It's why the colors changed to red to remind us of the Lord's passion this week. I want to remind you that Monday Thursday service, Holy Communion service, will be at 7 o'clock this Thursday. Next Saturday, we will have our annual Easter egg extravaganza, and I'm assured that the weather will be better for that at 2 o'clock uh, in and around our Family Life Center, Saturday, March 3rd at 2 o'clock in and around our Family Life Center. Uh, Leanna, you had a come on up here. As Leanna's coming up, the, uh, I want to ask for some volunteers. Uh, we, we need some people who are willing to be teacher's aides. That means you don't have to do the, teacher, the teaching lesson. You just need to be there with that teacher um, to help with supervision and safety in our Sunday school classes. We need about 20 people to put into a rotation. Our church is large enough. I know that we should be able to do this. I need, we'll take people of any age, any sex to come and be part of that. Uh, it's, uh, we have wonderful teachers, but they need assistance. And if you're willing to help in this capacity, if you'd let Cindy Davis know or let Katie <laughs> Jeter know, and we would really appreciate it. And I promise you, if you volunteer, we won't leave you in that position for 10 years. <laughs> we just, we'll use you in, in a rotation, give you a chance uh, to, uh, to participate in your own Sunday school classes. All right, Leanna. Good morning. I would just like to remind everybody about my fundraiser. It's April 20th at 6 p.m. in the FLC. Um, it's going to be a live auction and a dinner, and the dinner is going to be good. It'll be um, catered by Brett and Casey Hovis, who cater our Wednesday night suppers here at the church. Um, we've got some good items for the auction, and it's coming along, so thank you. Thank you, Leanna. We hope that we can, we're going to try our best to marry these two uh, projects into the same village. <laughs> we're going to see if we can't get uh, the Samaritan's Purse and Heifer International to do that for us. All right, let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, on this day your Son Jesus Christ entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed King by those who spread their garments and palm branches along his way. Let those branches be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our Lord and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. In his name we pray. Amen. us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. Children, come up for your children's time and bring your little banks if you have them with you and park them in those baskets. While the children are coming up, let me offer another announcement real quick, is that we will have Easter services Sunday two times, one at 9 o'clock in the Family Life Center and one at 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary. So glad to see you again. I've missed seeing you, but it was my fault, not yours. I know you couldn't read the words to that hymn that we just sang because you were busy marching around. But when you have a chance, I hope you'll really look at those words. And also, they want to cross the page from it, 277. Those are two of my favorites, and we only get to sing them once a year. Why is that, do you suppose? Because what? Well, they're religious songs, but they're re written for a special day. <coughs> what day is it? Palm Sunday. What day is today? Palm Sunday. You know, uh, there was a special holiday in the Jewish church. Way, goes way, way back. It was called Passover. And since Jew Jesus was raised in a Jewish home, and he followed those same rules. And so he was on his way to Jerusalem for Passover. It was the time, that time of year. Now Jesus was a poor man. Jesus probably only owned the clothes he had on and his sandals. But so he asked some of his disciples to go and, and borrow a donkey for him to ride on. And they did, and he came riding into Jerusalem on this donkey. Now the people who were his followers, not just the disciples, but other people as well, were very happy to see him coming. And so some of them even took off their cloaks, which is probably a coat, and laid it down in the roadway. And some who couldn't do that took branches, palm branches, and laid them down so that when the donkey came in, he was walking on these things. This was their way of honoring Jesus. 
And they, when they did this, they, people would call, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now they thought that maybe Jesus was coming to set up a kingdom. These people thought that. Well, that was the beginning of the week that we call Holy Week. And when we, that's the week we remember Jesus' final days. And it's the week when Jesus had his last supper with the disciples in an upper room. Uh, and, and after that supper, Jesus left the room and went to one of his favorite places, a garden called Gethsemane. And he went there to pray. He, when he did, he asked the, the disciples who were with him to, to keep watch because he already knew that one of his disciples, Judas, had betrayed him and was going to have him turned over to the uh, police, really. Uh, but those men fell asleep, the ones that were supposed to be watching. And so it happened that Judas did sell or betray Jesus. He, the soldiers came and arrested him and took him off. And uh, it, he was tried. It was kind of a fake trial. It wasn't an honest-to-goodness real trial. He was found guilty, and he was sentenced to be crucified the next day on the cross on Friday. We call that day Good Friday. For all the years I've lived, I've never figured out what was good about Good Friday. But anyway, that's what it's called. And when Jesus was praying, he said to God, Father, if you are willing, please take away this cup of sorrow from me. But I want to do your will, not mine. Jesus was a human being as well as the Son of God. And I'm sure he was probably scared. He knew this was going to be a painful experience. He didn't want to die any more than any of us would want to. But this is what happened because he knew he had to do God's will. And this was part of God's plan. It doesn't seem right. But you know, if, God had, if Jesus hadn't died, there wouldn't have been a resurrection. But after he was, died on the cross, his body was placed again in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he did rise again. That's what we call the resurrection. That's the day we now celebrate as Easter Sunday. So it's, it, it's a, maybe, maybe the good in Good Friday was the fact that we have Easter now. Maybe that's where the good comes in. So I want you to think about it. I wonder how you would have acted if you had been there. Would you have been one of those calling Hosanna, blessed is in the name of the Lord, would you have called him king? Or would you have been one of those who said, crucify him, crucify him? I want you to think about that. That happened over 2,000 years ago, but it's still one of the most important events in our whole lives of the church. After we pray, I give you each a picture of Jesus riding in on the donkey and some candy to take home, okay? Let us pray. Dear Jesus, 
Our voices join with the voices of the people in Jerusalem from 2,000 years ago. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Amen. Let's bring our offerings up now at this time and, and I'll say a prayer over them. You either send them up or bring them up for the Lenten offering. Just hold on, Emma. <laughs> Let me say a little prayer. Let us bow our heads. Gracious God, we thank you that we've had people who would respond to this special offering, and we pray, O oh Lord, that this money, when it goes to Heifer International, that it will be uh, used in a mighty way to share livestock and animals and animal husbandry and education to this village that it goes to. And we pray, O oh Lord, that they will know in their hearts and in the presence of this gift, uh, the love of Christ is found in their brothers and sisters here in Greer, South Carolina. We thank you, O oh Lord. Amen. Okay, Emma. Reading today is from Philippians chapter two, verses starting at verse five. Your attitude should be the same as that of Je Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us bow our heads. 
Oh, Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these five people. Oh, God, our times are in your hand. As we come this day and we put our trust in you, we would join the crowds to sing out our highest praises, Hosanna in the highest. And yet we must confess that oftentimes we have been those folks who cried crucify. Lord, we pray this day that you would cleanse us of our many sins, that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would enable us to become those disciples you'd have us to become. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd give us tongues of teachers so that we may teach the good news as found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to understand and see that Easter is what defines us as people. There is no other event that does it so well. Help us, O oh Lord, in our time to be faithful as all those generations before us have kept the faith and passed it on to the next generation. O oh Lord, we pray this day for those who are sick. We especially thank you for those good reports that we're receiving. And we pray, O oh Lord, for those that are listed on our bulletins and, are list, and, are, and who we say prayers and lift prayers to you this day, now, in the silence of our hearts. O oh Lord, each and every one has a need that only you can meet. And we pray, O oh Lord, that in body, mind, and spirit, that you will touch them and they will find your healing presence in their life. And that you would help each one of us find the understanding that you know what's best, regardless of what we pray. We turn things over to you, O oh Lord, into your hands. Hear us, O oh God, for we pray in the name of him to which every knee would bend someday and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he taught us to pray when we're together saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, beginning at verse 28, we have the account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asked you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus replied, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, it's important for us, and we ask your help, to see events that are so joyous go downhill so fast. Help us, O oh Lord, to contemplate this week in its entirety, not just the joyful bookends on each Sunday. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. You know, when you look at events from Palm Sunday to Good Friday, it's it's almost like one of those good news, bad news jokes, you know. The good news is that Jesus Christ reached the peak of his popularity this week. There was a big parade. There were lots of people. The disciples were impressed. And the Pharisees realized they had underestimated this rabbi from Galilee. Incidentally, if you go to Jerusalem today, you will see almost every day of the week uh, tours going from the Mount of Olives down this very walkway singing and carrying palms and praising the Lord. It's Palm Sunday there about every day. But Jesus made good use of this moment that he had. He went immediately to the temple, which is the very center of faith, and he began to teach, he began to preach. And his enemies still tried to trick him several times, but each time Jesus was able to turn the tables on them. In fact, he even got away with turning the tables over in the temple courts. Yes, from Sunday to Thursday, Jesus was the man. And Jesus did other things too. It is during this week that Jesus gave us this commandment to love one another, which is above all other commandments. It is this week that Jesus began that ceremony with bread and wine, which 
would later become the sacrament of Holy Communion, the church's most important ritual. Sunday to Thursday, Jesus was on top of the world. So you may ask, what is the bad news? In case you don't know, well, on Thursday night, not too long after supper, Jesus was betrayed, he was arrested, he was betrayed by a kiss from one of his own inner circle. And after accusations and interrogations and beatings and a night in a dungeon pit, go reread your scripture and you can visit it when you're over there. The next morning, he was brought before the authorities again. He was tortured some more and then executed on a cross, murdered at a busy crossroads for all to see. Today, the palms, tomorrow, the passion. Good news, bad news. And the grim truth is that some of the same people who shouted, crown him on Sunday, shouted, kill him on Friday. And the authorities were only too happy to oblige the crowd. And so with a spear to his side just to make sure, Jesus died and was buried. Now I dare say not one of you have heard anything new. Is there anything new we can learn from following Jesus on this path of sorrows? Well, I believe so. And I think it might be easiest for us to get at this by asking a simple question. What if Jesus had just stayed in Galilee? What if he just stayed there and retired, an old rabbi, full of wisdom and compassion? You know, build a little shelter there on the seashore. Command fish to jump into his nets whenever he was hungry. Wax eloquently in parables to impress the local folks. Maybe Mary, Mary Magdalene. Have a whole bunch of little baby Jesuses and baby Marys underfoot. What if he had done that? Why did he not do that? I think this question reminds us of something we sometimes... Uh, easily forget and that is what the first scripture reading if you were paying close attention to this wonderful child who's willing to stand up here before you and read scripture if you would if you would reread that scripture that philippians passage you will see and understand that J jesus jesus finding himself in the form of a man did not seek to attain what he could have attained here on earth, but instead humbled himself and chose this path. Jesus chose to leave the safety of the villages around Galilee to confront at the very center the powers of both politics and religion. In other words, Jesus' action reminds us that this uphill, downhill, this good news, bad news, this palms one day, passion the next experiences really had nothing to do with what Jesus was all about. You see, Jesus saw the purpose of his life in proclaiming God's presence with us and God's desire for a new relationship based on the covenant of love, not the covenant of punishment or law. 
And because of that, Jesus' path had purpose and meaning. Purpose and meaning. But make no mistake, Jesus came to Jerusalem with no delusions. We know from Scripture that Jesus knew what would likely happen to him. We know from Scripture that Jesus even predicted that some of his disciples would betray him and others would desert him. You see, in both popularity and in rejection, Jesus made it plain that he was not ruled by the events of the moment. And that's an important thing for us to hear. You see, Jesus instead was walking along a path, step by step, which would lead him to the only true source of lasting meaning. Jesus was moving toward the fulfillment of God's will for him and through him, God's will for the world. God's will for you and me. And you see in the final analysis, it did not matter if the path led to the top of the mountain or to the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus' life had a purpose and it had a mission. Which begs another question in my mind, do we have a purpose and a mission? Regardless of the popularity that Jesus found, regardless of the suffering that he knew he would soon undergo, Jesus chose to be true to his mission. Jesus chose to be obedient to the will of the Father directing his life. And even in his weakest moments, Jesus would pray that he would be undergirded and surrounded by the presence and the mercy of God the Father. In his example is a lesson for all of us to remember, for all of us to model. If we depend upon the events of life to give us reward and satisfaction, then we may never achieve them. Or we may have them snatched away at the very moment of tasting victory. You know, my friends, we all here today may be at our peak in many ways. We may be at our peak in health or security or wealth or position. But if we live our lives only measuring our success in those terms, there is nowhere for us to go but downhill in the time that remains. On the other hand, we, like Christ, have the opportunity to walk our own unique path toward God. It is a path that may see us surrounded by joy or it is a path that might lead us sometimes into sadness and tragedy. But neither one of these things will finally give life to its meaning. Whether it's up or down, it is doesn't matter it's the destination that counts because we're all on a journey we're on a journey from Palm Sunday to Good Friday a journey that continues right up to Easter and even until this day so Jesus's life your life does not have to be a good news bad news joke for in the end there was good news it was redeemed for all and that reminds me of another truth I believe that's in this 
scripture today, and that is that God can take any situation, no matter how bad it seems, and make it into good news for all of us. You know, if we're honest with ourselves, every one of us have tasted the successes and, and, the, and popularity that we find this Palm Sunday for our Lord. And, neither all, and, ne- and nearly all of us have tasted also the bitterness of Good Friday, failure and rejection. What saves us from an endless round of highs and lows? What frees us from the tyranny of events over which we have no control is our commitment to press forward in obedience as Jesus did. What saves us from an endless round of highs and lows, what frees us from the tyranny of events over which we have no control is our commitment to press forward in obedience as Jesus did. What keeps me going What should keep you going is the trust, the trust in God's power and love to bring about Easter morning. And by by doing that, we come to know that the meaning of life is to be found in the knowledge and love of God and nowhere else. And the work that is most acceptable to, to the Father is sharing that knowledge and love of His Son with those whom we meet along the way. The next time that your life goes like Palm Sunday to Good Friday, in other words, it goes downhill, remember that God's last word is Easter Sunday. And pass it on. Easter is what defines us. I like Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Easter better than any other season of the year. Oh, Christmas is a lot of fun, but Easter is what defines us. We are either Easter people or we're not. Easter people. The Easter people that were around Jesus Christ who found out and understood and experienced the resurrection of our Lord, those Easter people took to heart their responsibility as disciples to go into the ends of the world and baptize in my name and teach them everything I've taught you, to go to the ends of the earth. And because of their responsibility to that command, because of, their, of them taking it seriously. The faith has prospered and survived and has been passed down up to even this point in time. The thing is, is that we must also take our responsibility as being Easter people just as serious. Maybe we need to take it more serious now in 2013 than ever before. If we are to hand down the faith to the next generation, we must take it just as serious as those first disciples did. Now think about it. 
those 11 disciples who stayed and witnessed it. Can you imagine those 11 from a dark, unknown kind of place in the world at the time were so on fire and full of zeal that we have this wonderful Christian church all these centuries later. It blows my mind. It boggles my mind. I can't believe that it's possible except by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I challenge you. I challenge you. As I challenge those at 9 o'clock, fill this place up. Love the people and fill this place up with Christ's love. That is our responsibility today. Fill it up. Do what you're supposed to do. Share your faith. Tell them why you love Memorial and why they should be here. It doesn't matter how they worship. Whether they like the beautiful sounds of the organ or if they like the twangs of a guitar. That's not important. What's important, we all worship this Lord Jesus Christ. We all have a responsibility as Easter people. Amen.
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen.